You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Dave Kaufman, and he is a top 100 keynote speaker. He's an author. He's a trainer. He's a business coach, human behavior expert, and master trainer on the DISC model of human behavior. He's also a pilot and a plane owner because dreams do come true, he says. He's an entrepreneur, a business owner, a plant lover, we'll find out what that actually means, a follower of Jesus, and a husband to a beautiful, beautiful lady named Tony. Now, he's, you know, he says he's a perfectly normal human being uh, that has plenty of quirks, plenty of quirks. So he's like the rest of us, Startup Nation. But as a speaker on human behavior and relationships, he enjoys both entertaining, challenging, and enabling his audiences to bring meaningful change to their relationships. He's humbled to have helped thousands of people discover simple and effective ways to understand themselves and others better while rediscovering delight in relationship. So we're going to get into that, but it's not all about the relationship. We're going to give you what you want, Startup Nation. We're going to give you the business. We're going to give you the tips, the strategies. He's running seven-figure businesses. How did he do it? How did he do it? He, he surpassed the 100K mark. He did it in a quick amount of time. He's going to give you those strategies so that you can do it too. Maybe 2023 is your year. I know you've been chasing it and it feels like this carriage is dangling on a stick, like you're chasing the horizon. You never can catch it. And it's so frustrating. But sometimes it's just one idea, one new possibility, and one action on your part that changes your entire life. Okay? So Dave Kaufman, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro really quickly, would you? Hey, thanks, Joseph. I am privileged to be here. Honored to be here. Um, yeah, so uh, you've covered a lot of it. Um, so let's go back before all of that. And I want to tell you this. I was born on a farm in Georgia in a Amish community. So I'm formerly Amish. Um, and so I credit my work ethic to that kind of a lifestyle. Because here's the thing. Amish, if they don't have it, they don't just go get in a car and go buy it. They make it, okay? Because mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, um, it's an interesting life, and so that's that's kind of the backstory to my um, to my entrepreneurial journey is is I had that farmer's work ethic plus the Amish way of life of of being innovative when you don't have something. So I believe that's what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are missing is the innovation, the mm -hmm. determination. Uh, so that's the that's the pre story. Uh, my first company that I started was a high-end residential cleaning service, which we own that even now today. So. Excellent. All right. I was going to ask you to share something about yourself that very few people in your business life know. Is it the Amish background or is it something else? Uh, that's one, but I will tell you this. There were three things that I wanted to be when I was a kid. I wanted to be a pilot, which I've accomplished that. I wanted to be a veterinarian and I wanted to be an auctioneer. 
Hmm. All of them except one. Which one? Auctioneer. I am an auctioneer. What? 25, 25, now 30, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35, now 40, 45, 45, 50. Okay. So I'm a that was impressive. All right. Startup Nation. Come on. Give him a little. Come on. Come on. That was impressive. Well done. Well done. All right. So you want to be a veterinarian. You haven't accomplished that. Go find a pet somewhere. Yeah. That, I, I, I love animals. I love yeah. animals, but I hate blood. <laughs> Squeamish. Okay. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. So I'm a pilot. I could just see the sign, bloodless veterinary care, you know, for your 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 little best friend, your furry friend. Um, all right. All right. That's good. That's good. Well, good job uh, accomplishing two out of those three gene, uh, dreams. That's pretty impressive there. Um, I do want to get into, uh, there's a book you wrote back in the day called Seeds. And uh, subtitle is Grow Your Business with 31 Entrepreneurial Lessons from the Farm. And you, you know, alluded to where that reference comes from growing up on a farm. So can you walk us through your top three lessons from the farm that we can use in our businesses and apply it to maybe the, the top three problems that you see entrepreneurs facing, struggling with, dealing with, can't get past, stuck in, and then three solutions, right, with these lessons from the farm. Sure, yeah. So um, great question. The first one that I'm going to mention is if you want to have a harvest, you have to plant a seed. You always have to plant a seed and you always, and what does that look like in business? It means being innovative. It means uh, watering and cultivating and fertilizing that seed and taking care of your employees. And, and, you know, one of my mentors, Zig Ziglar um, mentioned the fact that you don't grow your business, you grow your people and then your people grow your business. And to me, that's planting seeds. When you plant seeds within people, seeds tend to grow. If there's fertile soil, they tend to grow. And if you if you if you plant that seed of appreciation, uh, one of the other books I wrote was the people centered leadership right there. Uh, the art of growing your people by growing your business and art stands for appreciation, recognition and trust. So as a leader, as a business owner, you have to plant seeds. You have to encourage people and that encouragement grows. Um, and then alongside before you move on with that past that one what if you're the solopreneur right now and it's just you yeah where are you planting the seeds are you planting the seed in yourself and growing yourself absolutely i think you should always be focused on growth within yourself and your your team but if you don't have a team well you actually do have a team even if you're a solopreneur you always have a team you have vendors you have customers like who said we can't grow our, our customers, our clients? Who said we can't pick up the phone and encourage our clients and grow them? So you always have a team. I, don't, I, I really don't believe there is anything like a solopreneur. Because hmm. we have people around us that are supporting us. And I'm, I feel this urgency, this calling to push other people, to lift up other people. So I understand what you mean by a solopreneur, but mm-hmm. we don't do this thing called life, called business, called relationships alone. It's impossible. Well, I think, you know, myself uh, starting many businesses and starting by myself rather than partnering up, um, the temptation was very strong for me to isolate myself, to work out of my home office, to try to figure out all the solutions to the problems I was dealing with in the marketplace or for my clients. And it was really just me bouncing ideas off the mirror. And that was the temptation. So I wasn't pouring into anyone other than a solution for my clients. So why is that such a mistake? Well, number one, I think that we're created by, by the creator to procreate, to, to expand. I, I do a talk uh, that um, it, God is radical about growth whether it's for yourself or whether it's helping other people. So I think we're called, especially if we're in God's kingdom, to grow other people, to grow our business, to, to expand. You look at the uh, parable of the talents. 
Um, you know, he, he gives one guy three talents, two talents and one talent. And the guy that he gave one talent said, Hey, um, I, I'm just going to bury this and, and, and not expand it. And, and what does, what does he say when he comes back to him? He says, you worthless, no good scoundrel. So God demands growth. God demands it. He's so radical about growth that he took that one talent from the guy and gave it to not the guy with two talents. <laughs> we live in a we live in a world that says we need to be fair. Everybody needs to be equal. But God gave it to that that guy that expanded it the most. OK, and what we miss in that scripture, it says it says this. It says he gives us according to our abilities. And God gave that one talent to the guy with the most ability to expand it. God is radical about growth. Now, Startup Nation, this is going to be a controversial statement, but it's darn funny, and I just came up with it, okay? So God gave the talent to the guy who could expand it the most, the guy with three that multiplied it, right? God gave the talent to Donald Trump, you know? That's the Trump. He's the Trump, right? Yeah. That's the Trump. He's the deal maker. He took the talents and he multiplied it. He did some deals with it. He expanded it and he made more. And he said, master, look what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Now you may not like his personality or how he went about it. And that wasn't a political message. That's just a funny joke. So settle yeah. down everyone. Okay. <laughs> All right. But you may, you may not like people like Donald Trump, but man, he's out there multiplying the talents God has given him. What yeah. can you say about yourself when you're looking in the mirror and you're not? Yeah. Yeah. And I find it interesting. The two talent guy and the three talent guy both increase the same percentage. Correct. So All what's right? the difference? The difference. Was Why did God reward? According to their ability, he had more ability mm. to handle more. Okay. And so your, your talent is different than mine. Your ability is different than mine. Mine is different from the next person, but we all have this ability. God has given us an ability and he demands us to expand it to not for us, but for his glory. See, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, we think that means get your binoculars out and look for it. No, we're in it. You are part of the kingdom of God. And God says, seek ye first. In other words, prioritize it. Because what happens when, when you when you seek your own kingdom, when you try to build your own self up, that's why it's important for even a solopreneur to build something greater than themselves. Reach out to other people. And so when we become selfish and, and try to build our own kingdom instead of seeking first the kingdom, and, and matter of fact, I, 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 I teach this a lot. So when I ask you, what was the first sin? A lot of people say Adam and Eve, you know, that whole thing. I said, no, that's not the first sin. There was a problem in heaven before there was a problem on earth. Okay. The first sin was not seeking first the kingdom of God. Lucifer wanted to build his own kingdom when he had everything. And so many times we walk past our abundance to focus on our lack. And that's the original sin is taking care of ourselves. That's the first sin is when we focus on ourselves. We need to focus on the abundance of God and continually be pouring into the abundance of God and building the kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. All right, so Dave, let's bring this down to practical and tactical in our businesses, okay? So seeking first the kingdom of God, how did you do that in your first business? This uh, cleaning business, right? High-end clients. How did you go and pour into people and make the money? Like yeah. what's, th what's that combination that works? Yeah, so um, it, I started this company in 2008. Everybody remembers what happened in 2008. The economy was going down. Okay. And so I knew that I had to be different than any other cleaning service out there. And I, I chose to focus on people. I chose to focus on, on building my team, building my staff. So I literally poured into my staff like no one has ever done. See, one of the things that, that we did in our company, we did it really well, was we built our people. Every single morning, we would have a staff meeting. And we weren't talking about Sally going to this job and make sure you do this job well. We weren't talking about anything like that. 
see, this is something that I understood pretty quickly in the, in the cleaning industry. It's a brutal world out there. And I wanted them to come into my office and that be a place where they call home. That's, that's where they feel valued. So we would talk about character traits. We would talk about uh, how can we help you become more successful? What are some, some dreams, goals, bucket lists? What, are, what do you want to be, do, and have within the next five years? That's the kind of staff meetings we had. And so these, these team members would come in and say, wow, this company values me. This company wants me to succeed. As business owners, we are really good at setting our goals. And we're really good at asking our employees to work their tails off so that I can reach my goals. I flipped the switch. I flipped this whole script and I said, hey, excuse me, I've been selfish for the last year and a half. I want to know what your dreams, goals, aspiration, bucket list, be, do, and haves are. And I really want to partner with you to help you succeed. Now, when you initially flipped that, narrative yeah. was there pushback was there skepticism was there cynicism does he really mean it like did they not want to open up or did they just start pouring out and and sharing no quite the opposite it was crickets yeah they That's didn't say a thing because a lot of people don't know what they want they don't That's know right. because they're in the trenches they're 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 surviving it's hard to have a thriving mentality when you're surviving that's right. So that's the answer I was anticipating. Yeah. So what did you do? So I, I said, I want you to think about it for four days. By Friday, I want a list. I want three things, something that you want to be, do, and have within the next five years. You have to bring me something. So I gave them time to think about it. And, you know, some of the stuff that I came back with was like, it blew my mind, you know, like, I'm a pretty big dreamer. If you tell me what I want to be, do, and have, I'm going to go for the moon. I'm going to go for past the moon. These these individuals were like, I, I, I want to get my high school diploma. I want to I want to have my own business. One lady said, I want to I want to own a bar. One lady said, I want to own a horse. <laughs> so what we did is we sat down and as a company, as a business owner, I sat down with them individually. And, and help them develop goals towards their be, do, and have. One lady, it took three years to get her horse because we had to save money for, for boarding the horse. She, was, she lived in the city. She got a horse. Shush up. It, it's unbelievable. And I have letters from, from former employees that I, I'll, I'll cherish them. It's like, it's like in a file where... It's like, Mr. Kaufman, you helped me realize my biggest dream. Thank you. They may not still be with me, but one thing I do know, my turnover rate went way down once we started pouring into people. And so it's really true. You don't build your business, you build your people, and your people will build your business. So, that's so how, how does that translate into revenue? Okay, how fast was the turnaround in your revenue yeah. uh, after you started pouring into your people? Because... There's business owners right now that say, I need cash flow. I can't afford to go six months, a year, two years pouring into my people without seeing a return on investment. I need them to go out and produce. It's the quickest what do you say way to, to that? Revenue. Tell us about that. It's the quickest way to revenue by pouring into your people. Because here's the thing. I, I ask business owners, I'm a business coach. I ask them this all the time. If we could increase the character of your staff, by 10%. In other words, help them to become a better person, not necessarily a more moral person, but just a better character, have better work ethic. And if you could help them to dream and work for something bigger than a paycheck, just by 10%, what would that do to your bottom line? Okay. And so it's, it's like, it's really the only answer to quicker revenue is by pouring into your people. Um, and because they'll stay longer. I don't know. A lot of business owners don't understand how, how expensive it is for a turnover. Mm -hmm. Training new employees. It's really expensive. Mm -hmm. You lose clients because of it. You know, because my clients, we had this, we had this whole thing in our company, same technician, same day, same girl, same time, every time. Hmm. Our, our company's name was, got, is got a maid, got a maid, not got some maids, 
It's this, we wanted our maids, our technicians to build a relationship with that customer for life. And so some of the things we did, other than having the staff meetings, we would, we would encourage our staff to pour into their clients. Um, and so we gave each one of our staffs a monthly allowance to spend on their clients. That's okay. cool. Yeah. And so, so yeah. let me just paint the scenario. You walk into Mrs. Smith's house. It's a fine home on, on Anna Marie Island or Siesta Key, really nice home. And you look around and you see that there's dolphins. They, Mrs. Smith loves dolphins. There's little trinkets of dolphins. There's pictures of dolphins. There's a glass figurine. Even her wallpaper has dolphins on it. It's safe to say Mrs. Smith loves dolphins. I've been in those homes, dolphins <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. And so we trained our staff to identify the thing that Mrs. Smith loves. Mm. And next time you're at a store and you see a little dolphin figurine, whether it's a, a, a painting, a picture, buy it and give it to Mrs. Smith. Those are the kind of things that we like we poured into our staff, but then we taught them how to pour into our clients because I believe that a leader's job is not complete until you develop another leader and then they start mentoring another leader. It's called compounding leadership. And that's how you grow your company is by growing your people. Um, and so my, my first book, Freedom to Succeed, right there, the one with my picture on it, it's all about systems. Okay. So when I first started a business, I was, I was radical about systems. Systems are necessary. They're essential, but if you only depend on systems, well, guess what? The systems run the business, but who runs the systems? Your people. Okay. So, you know, I, I, as a business coach, I started helping people implement these systems and they work for about five years, but then I started getting calls saying, Hey, you know what? It's just not going as good as it used to. And I said, so what's, what's happening? Are you following the systems? Yeah, as much as possible, but it seems like our people just aren't in tune with it. So I wrote my second book, people-centered leadership to offset that because I was unfair to the whole business world. I was putting more priority on systems and not enough on people. So it's, it's not fair if you focus just on people and have no systems. Correct. It's not fair if you have all systems and not build your people. So there has to be a balance between there. So those two books need to need to go together. It's the, it's one balances the other. So we recently just had your friend Howard Partridge on on the show, and he spoke about systems, yeah. right? And he did yeah. a great job about it. And now you're coming on and speaking about people. And yeah. these are back-to-back -back epi episodes, so it works out really nice. Not that I planned that, go God, right? Yeah, so awesome. really cool. All right. So first off, Startup Nation, are you getting ideas for your business right now? If you're in the service business, you should be having these new possibilities popping in your head right now about how you can pour into your people, into your staff, and then teach them how to pour into their customers, which are your customers, right? Like what simple ideas of giving them a monthly allowance. And just imagine Mrs. Smith has this cleaning person made come to her high-end home on a regular basis. She builds a relationship with her. And then her maid, if that's the term you use, or technician, shows up with a gift of her favorite thing in the world, a dolphin. Could you imagine like your cleaning person showing up with a gift for you? Yeah. Normally it's the other way around. Like that's so, it's just gonna totally set you back on your heels, so to speak, and yeah. wow you, that's a wow. And that now that wow is associated to Dave's company or to your company. Well, Mrs. Smith now wants to do business with you and you better believe she's going to go talk to her woman's group over tea, right? And about what her maid that works for Dave did for her and why they need to hire Dave's company or your company. Like this is where the revenue starts to compound as Dave was saying. But you got to start with the people, your people, pouring into them. And by the way, this is the Jesus model. Okay? This is called discipleship. Right? Right? He poured into 12 men and then taught them how to pour into many. And what yeah. do we have? Right? Christianity across the planet from one end of the world to the other. 
I want to I want to touch on on the model there called discipleship. Uh, Jesus had twelve people, but he demonstrated a another model that I think works really well in the business model. So he had he had the twelve, but he had an inner circle. There were three people mm -hmm. in his inner circle that he spent the most time with: Pete, Jim, and John. Peter, James, and John. And so the concept here is because. Okay, get this. If I told you that even Jesus' leadership was was not perfect, would you believe me? Uh, possibly because he was both God and both man, and men are flawed. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus' leadership was limited. He lost one of his 12. Yeah. Judas, okay? So that gives us comfort to know that we're not going to win every single time with our leadership. We're going to lose some key employees. We're going to have to let some bad people go as a leader. But here's the principle. Jesus went deep with a few, three, so that he could impact the many. When leaders try to impact the whole team, their leadership becomes limited. So impact, go deep with a few to impact the many. You need to have an inner circle. You cannot be everything to everybody. In fact, Howard Partridge was one, one of my mentors early in the day. And one day he called me up and he said, David, quit sinning. And I said, what do you mean? He said, quit sinning. I said, I'm not sinning. He said, yes, you are. You're trying to be God. You cannot be everything to everybody. Okay. And so Jesus demonstrated that he, he went deep with Peter, James, and John, and then the 12 disciples. And then we see the ripple effect from there. So that's a key leadership um, component right there is you better have in your company, in your organization, some key people that you can be brutally honest and, and unbelievably deep with. Okay. Startup nation. I hope you wrote that down. That is an impact secret. If you want to have impact in this world, go deep with a few to impact the many. Go deep with a few to impact the many. Look around you. Who are the people, the few that God has put around you right now that you can go deep with? And maybe you're like Joseph, Dave, like, I don't know if I can go deep with them. Well, then find out. Find out if you can. And if you can't, go get some more. Yeah. Like seriously, like create ring. Exactly. Like create vacancies in your inner circle until you have the right people in your inner circle. I remember when I did this in my own personal life and my friendships and man, like people, I had friends in my inner circle that were not pouring into me, even though I was pouring into them and it just wasn't reciprocal. And eventually I had to face that harsh reality of, wow, they don't care about me. <laughs> as much as I care about them. And that hurt, it really hurt, because some of them I've been friends for like nine years. One of them, the nine-year guy, he didn't show up at my wedding. Wow. And he RSVP'd and took two seats, but didn't. So there was like a monetary cost to it too. It was so insulting. And I remember I called him up, Startup Nation. I called him up and I had a straight conversation. And I said, listen, you didn't show up at my wedding and I've looked back over our friendship for the past nine years and I can't count on one hand the number of times you've shown up for me in my life when I needed you. Yeah. So I'd like to complete the friendship part of our relationship with you. I'm available in business or whatever. I'll make connections if you need. But I, today we're completing the friendship part of our relationship. I want to do life with people that pour into me as much as I pour into them. And I'll tell you, that call was liberating, Dave. Yeah. Liberating. And I remember the guy wept. He literally wept on the phone. Wow. He's like, is there anything I could do to make it up? I was like, no, you've had nine years. Mm. You've had nine years. I need to create vacancies for next level people because yeah. that's where I'm headed. And man, as soon as I created that vacancy, guess what? God brought me next level people. Yeah. But as long as the seat was filled, God didn't bring me the people. That's right. And it's the same for you, Startup Nation. What do you want to say to that, Dave? Anything from, from well, your own not, life? Not, not everybody deserves to be on your team. Not everybody deserves to be your client. And that was one of the most liberating things that I had to learn early on. So just on a business perspective, 
we determined that our perfect client in the cleaning industry was a 40 to 60 year old female that drives a Mercedes to a Bentley and lives in a gated community. It doesn't mean that we won't go clean for a guy that has a pickup truck and lives in a, in a neighborhood, but that's not who we're going to target. So know who your people are, uh, know who your who is. Okay. Um, it's, it's not everybody deserves to be in your inner circle. Okay. So I, I can, I can definitely agree to that. Um, Facebook, you know, with the limit of 5,000 people on your, on your personal page, uh, you have to, you have to let the people go that aren't contributing, that aren't adding to it, that aren't, aren't liking your stuff. Okay. So same thing in life. Some, not every person deserves to be in your life. All right. All right. So Startup Nation, the big lesson and question I want you to take away from this episode with Dave Kaufman is what do you want to be, do, and have in the next five years? What do you want to be, do, and have in the next five years? You must get clear on that answer. Otherwise, you're chasing the wind. That's why you don't catch anything. Like you got to get clear on what is the target? What is the destination? Even if it's getting a new truck or getting a horse <laughs> or something as simple as that, or maybe you have big audacious goals. Dave, what was one of yours? Well, you know, one of them early on was to become a pilot. Um, okay. So, you know, I told you earlier that I grew up in, in Amish culture and, you know, flying airplanes was not a thing. <laughs> Um, I got, you know, when I finally started flying lessons, I've got, I got a flack from the head of the church, even though I wasn't even in that church. Okay. So there was a lot of obstacles and, and here's a lesson. When you have a goal, expect obstacles. Okay. And do you want it bad enough to break through those obstacles? And so that was one thing. Another thing was to become an aircraft owner. And so a year and a half ago, a uh, year and eight months ago, I bought my very first airplane and I use it to travel all over the country. It's um, it's actually that one right, right there. Nice. Yeah. Actually, let me show it to you. Yeah, that's so cool. And right now with all the, the terrible experience of flying on these airlines and all their political agendas and everything, such freedom to have your own yeah. plane, right? Just yeah, saw through is. the skies. It is, and um, I'm blessed. To, I'm blessed to have the f- world's fastest single-engine piston production aircraft on the market. Look at you. Yeah, and it's go God. It's super fast, and so that's 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 it. Go God, because He knew that was my heart. He knew that I wanted to use it to further His kingdom. Uh, I was blessed to be able to fly to Mobile, Alabama to pick up a bunch of water filters, emergency water filters for hurricane victims down south, flew mm. right into the heart of the damage. It was it was devastating. Look, it's still devastating. If you fly down south, it looks like a nuclear bomb went off. Mm. So I when I when I was uh, praying and, and believing for the airplane, I kept saying, God, I'm going to use it for your kingdom. I'm going to use it to bless others. And, and further your kingdom and, and everything just fell into place. Startup Nation, Dave just revealed to you, in case you missed it, the secret to praying for and receiving audacious goals and dreams. The secret to it is that whatever you ask for, you must also sh- uh, be willing to share your intention for it, your motive. Jesus says he looks at the motives of our heart. Yeah. Right. It's what are you going to do with this if I give it to you? Right. So when you pray for these big audacious dreams also include God, here's how I'm going to use this thing or this experience or this money for expanding your kingdom and pouring back into your sons and daughters. See, now God wants to give it to you. Now you're the servant that he knows you're going to multiply the talent he gives you. Right. That's right. Like this is the secret. Yeah. Can I, right. can I share something? Um, you, you reminded me of a principle that I'm, that I'm um, teaching a lot of my clients right now. It's called the anointing and the appointing. Mm. Okay. Every single person on the planet has an anointing. We are anointed to do something, to be something, to have something, to contribute in some ways. 
but we want our appointing to happen right after our anointing. We want to like, we want to be, um, we want to have immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's something between the anointing and the appointing. And I had to learn that with my airplane. So I wanted an airplane ever since I was, you know, two years old. That was my favorite toy. I was all about airplanes. Um, and I knew one day I would own it. I knew I had the anointing to be a pilot. And I'm, this is, I'm using this as an analogy. I, but it took 46 years for the appointing to come. But what happened between the anointing and the appointing is what we call the season of disappointing. That's exactly what I was going to guess. Right? <laughs> it was like chronic disappointment exactly. all the way through. That's the gap. <laughs> I stopped flying uh, back in 2000. Let's see. I flew. So, yeah, I forget what, what year it was. But there was a year of about 20 years that I didn't even fly because I, I wasn't in that place. I was being prepared for something greater. And we see that all through Scripture. We see that in Moses. He had to be out in the wilderness for a long time. The children of Israel, they had the anointing to get into the promised land. But guess what? 40 years wandering through the wilderness, the season of disappointment. That season of disappointment is what gives you the strength for the appointing. Mm. And so many times entrepreneurs do not want to go through the season of disappointing. Okay. Another story. Uh, I was a sales manager for a very large landscaping company. And it was right in the middle of 2008. I had already started my cleaning company. It was off to the side, just kind of weekend. And um, they walked into my office and said, hey, it's not working for us. The economy's falling. We have to let you go. Hmm. There's my disappointing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that disappointing is what launched my career in the cleaning industry. I remember I had another job offer almost immediately with another great company. And I shook hands on it. And as I was backing out of the parking lot, I heard God say, don't do it. Don't take this job. I said, God, are you crazy? I just lost my job. And oh, by the way, my wife just lost her job. And I'm backing out and God says, don't take this job. He says, I've given you an anointing, the cleaning company. It's time for your appointing. And I remember sitting on our couch right over there i may get emotional about this we had i think we had like 30 customers in the cleaning industry we had several girls working for us i would work on it after my job and i held up the business card that i had the the gotta made cleaning service to my wife i said honey i don't think i'm supposed to take this job i think we're supposed to jump off the defend will you support me and 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 dive off with me and let's do this thing together And I remember like, you know, with her job and my job, we were eating sushi. Okay. We were, we were living good. Now all of that went away. We only had 30 customers. We weren't eating sushi anymore. We were eating ramen noodles. Okay. This is an analogy. And within, within three months, Joseph, we were making more than we were with both of our jobs and our company combined just with that one company. So God will take you through a season of disappointing to train you, to build you, to to get that muscle, to put you into your appointing. So never despise the season of disappointment because I promise you better things are coming for you. This is very hopeful for many of us. Let me ask you a real question about this, Dave, okay? How do we speed up the season of disappointment? You don't. So and it, why is it different timelines for each person? Do you have any insight to that? Uh, because God is God. He sees the big picture. He sees what, what we need. And, and I, I would like to be able to say the longer the disappointment, the greater the appointing. That's not always true. Sometimes Crap. Yeah. Oh, crap. Because <laughs> I've been in a long one, Startup Nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes we're just slow learners. Okay, and God keeps us in that appoint that disappointing, but I promise you, once you go through and you learn the lessons that God wants you to have, so I think it's more of a yielding during that disappointing season. Then God, what are you trying to show me? What are what are you building me up for? I'm believing for that appointing, but I understand I'm not ready for it yet. So Lord, get me ready. 
Mm. And when when the teacher, when when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I'm a firm believer that we have to kind of just when you're in a season of disappointing, I mm-hmm. think the most powerful thing that you can do is rest. Mm. Rest. I agree with that. And if I can contribute as well, rest and surrender often. Yeah. yeah. Surrender often, right? So what do you do with the disappointments, the chronic disappointments for that whole season? Well, you learn to master the the discipline of surrender. Yeah, yeah. Surrendering to God's will, God's control, and letting go of yours. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to push back on that one word that you use, surrender. Okay. Surrender is in the Bible, but it is never used in conjunction when we're supposed to uh, in a relationship with God. Surrender is what you do to an enemy. However, you will see the word yield or the the Hebrew word for yield when you when you relate to God. So surrendering is when you say, don't kill me. Yielding is when you say, God, I really want to do my thing. But because I know who you are, I'm going to give you preference. I'm going to yield to to. So instead of surrender, I started using the word yield because somebody, uh, one of my mentors challenged me on that because I, I, you know, that song, I surrender all, I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender. He says, we don't surrender to, to Jesus. We yield to Jesus. We give preference. We, we, we know that he is bigger, better, smarter than we are. That makes sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for me, surrender definitely. Um, I, I completely get what you said. You know, in yeah. the physical realm, right. the understanding and definition of surrender is the white flag. I give up. I lost. I'm a loser. Right. All that. Yeah. And and we resist that at all costs. Yeah. Um, in the spiritual realm, right. Right. Surrender is that yielding. So yeah. it's almost semantics on the word, but I think yeah. it's preference at that point. It's really understanding what does it actually mean? What are you being called to do? And it is yielding. That's so right. I, I have the same definition when I think of surrendering to God, it's yielding, right. surrendering right. to an enemy. I will never do right. right. I will fight yeah. no matter what. So I get that. All right. We're speaking with Dave Kaufman. You can find him at Dave Kaufmanspeaks.com. And we've been speaking about what do you want to be, do and have in the next five years, startup nation? What do you want? What do you want? He's given you lots of wisdom here. He even taught you the secret of impact. If you want to be impactful in this world, you got to go deep with a few to impact the many. So who are the three around you that you could go deep with? And hopefully I contribute as well. If you don't find those three, then create a vacancy in those seats of your inner circle so that God can bring you that missing person to fill that seat. Okay, that's the the secret tactic to that. And then Dave just dropped it some more wisdom of the three different seasons that we go through. Every one of us has been anointed by God, a special calling and purpose for our lives, right? A whole plan he has, a destiny just for you. But before you can exit the anointing and head to the appointing, you have to go through a season of disappointing. And that season The timeline is different for every human being based on what God wants to do with you in your life. Okay? So don't make it wrong. Just yield during that season. Just yield. Get good at yielding, mastering that. Okay? Dave, uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show, but no prizes. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? Uh, Freedom. What's your least favorite thing about owning your own business? Um, Pass. I don't know. <laughs> Most I'm people, having, that's the easier so answer. I'm, so, I'm having so much fun. Um, that's awesome. I don't know that I have a least favorite thing. Okay. Uh, accounting. Accounting. There you go. You're human like the rest of us. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. What are you currently challenged with, either professionally or personally? Uh, personally, my weight. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you most afraid of? 
missing out. Um, I, I am scared to death that when I die, I'm going to look back on my table and there's still some tools on that table that I never picked up, that I never utilized. Mm. What, what are you going to do, if I may ask, go deeper on this question, what are you going to do to make sure you don't miss a tool? Go back to the tables. Here's what I believe. I believe when you were born, God put a table in front of you and he put everything on that table that you need to be super successful in all areas of life, not just a lot of money in the bank and a thriving business, but in everything. And so I, I keep going back to the table and I said, God, what, are, what do you have for me? What, what can I use right now for this job? So just keep going back to the table and keep going back to uh, where you came from. Okay. I like it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Um, trying to be everything to the business and not delegating certain things out. Yeah. Common mistake. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, that they tell me that they like me, but they don't. <laughs> Bunch of New Yorkers out there watching. <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, the power of building people. For sure. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Well, when I started this year out, uh, my word for the year was being intentional in every area. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep that for 2023. Being okay. Be intentional. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, eating chicken wings as often <laughs> as I do. <laughs> Got it. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, adaptable, driven, and positive. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Um, emotional, uh, overzealous, and um, generous. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about real success in life, what would you say to them? I would tell them what Zig Ziglar told me. You can have everything in life you want if you just help other people get what they want in life. Okay, there you have it, Startup Nation. Dave, this is the point of the show where you get to offer Startup Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take to move forward and what God's calling them to do in their anointing. Identify what they want to be, do, and have within the next three years. Okay, there you have it. Startup Nation, are you going to take on Dave's challenge? Yes or no? This is your life. It's up to you. All right. Remember, no one's coming to save you. And you can't save yourself. You need God. You need right. God. So take that question to him to get clarity because he made you. Yeah. And he knows the purpose he has for you. Startup Nation, did you enjoy this episode with Dave Kaufman? If you did, go to uh, Apple Podcast. I keep saying iTunes. Go to Apple uh, Podcast. Go to Stitcher.com or go to First100K.com. Write your five-star review. Do it right now. Do it right now while it's top of mind. Would you do that for Dave? Come on. He gave you his all. He really showed up for us today, and I really appreciate that. He dropped some wisdom for you to move you one step closer to your dreams. So go ahead and take that one little action of giving back. Write your five-star review. If we like what you uh, write, we're going to read it live on the show and give you a shout-out like we're about to do for KRI Properties. KRI Properties. Uh, five-star review. They wrote, amazing podcast. Your first 100K. I love this podcast. I am hooked. If you don't listen to this podcast, you are really cheating yourself Awesome information for people who want to succeed and signed by Ken with uh, Cree Properties. So Ken, thanks so much for your five-star review. Really appreciate it. Startup Nation, go write yours right now. Dave Kaufman, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, pick up your books, find out what you got? What do you got for them? 
So go to DaveKaufmanSpeaks.com and you can go to all my websites from there. Please visit EdgeConUSA.com. That's my big conference happening in March in Nashville. We got some world-class speakers coming in. Jim Cathcart is coming in. All kinds of great speakers. It's a two-day transformational kingdom business transformation conference. Love to see you there. Uh, DaveKaufmanSpeaks.com. And if I could, my last quote that I want to leave everybody with. Suppose all it takes for you to be super successful, to be uber successful, is for you to believe, I messed up my own quote, let me start over. Suppose all it takes for you to create something extraordinary is to believe that you were extraordinarily created for that very purpose, yours truly. Yeah, for sure. It all starts with the belief. Yeah. Okay, Dave Kaufman, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, God's peace, and God's joy in your life, sir. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked, and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net, and let's see if I'm your guy.